Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Kelsey at the 20, 15 to the 10, and into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. The ball is out and picked up by the Chiefs! It's a Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Once the run of boot being chased by Chris Jones, he is wrapped up and eaten by Chris Jones. Here's Jay Binkley. Five straight AFC title games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has never not gone to the AFC title game and to the Super Bowl. And by the way, that's never been done. Try to find me a quarterback that has ever done that. A quarterback on one leg today. We'll get to Chad Henney in that great 98-yard touchdown as well. But the Chiefs beat the Jags 27-20 today. They're a 15th meeting against Jaguars. Actually moved to 6-2 against them at Arrowhead Stadium. How about Andy Reid? 25-8 now when he faces his former assistants or people from his coaching tree. 8-3 now with a bye in the playoffs. We know it's still a record in the regular season, but he keeps growing. It's now 8-3 in the playoffs. But just think about this. Think about this. Everything this game means. Five straight AFC title games. I remember how long this used to be. How long that gap used to be between Chiefs AFC title games. I was born relatively near, uh, but after the Chiefs uh, won the Super Bowl. I did not win the line for one and four. was born after that. Did not have an AFC title game until the 94 season or 93 season, but it was in January 23rd, 1994 in Buffalo where they lost. And that was it. Almost take it for granted now. The Chiefs are going to get to the AFC title game. This is Andy Reid's 10th title game between Kansas City and Philadelphia. He's now tied with Tom Landry for the second most postseason wins in NFL history. Think about that, all the complaining we do or you do about Andy Reid. He just keeps winning. Second all-time now. Only Bill Belichick has more postseason victories than Andy Reid. But Patrick Mahomes real quick. He got hobbled up. It was a hard hit there by Arden Key. It looked like he was down. Collective sigh of uh, collective breath in Kansas City. You could hear a pin drop at Arrowhead Stadium. Oh, no, what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? He gutted it out. He did not want to leave that game. That's the sign of an ultimate competitor. That's what makes him great. That's what makes him going to be these, to have two MVPs awards at this point. Why well, he's a Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, been the two. Been the NFC title game every year. Why? Because of that. Because what he showed his teammates today, that he's willing to go out there in anything. And the world of professional sports, you've seen it. Guys are out like two weeks in baseball with the hangnail. Gone. The guy's out there limping. Well, we'll find out the extent of it. The x-rays were negative, but it could still be some form of an ankle sprain. He seems to think it'd be okay. I bet he plays next week. I bet it's not even a problem. So here's where they, they we sit now. The Bengals and the Bills game tomorrow, if Cincinnati beats the Bills, which they are out two offensive linemen, their starting left tackle and right guard are not playing in that game against Buffalo. But if Cincinnati was to win, the game is right here for the fifth straight year at Arrowhead Stadium. If the Chiefs, or excuse me, the Bills beat the Bengals, that game's in Atlanta, Georgia. So it's a dome game for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, 8-0 in domes. Josh Allen, 6-0 in domes. So collective 14-0 between those two quarterbacks in domes. But the Bills have a lot of business to take care of with the Red Hot Bengals uh, tomorrow. Howie Long said it best. You know, I was flipping around, see what they're saying about him. 
you know, on different channels and how many long was talking about it. He's just talking about the legend grows. The legend grows of Patrick Mahomes. You know, this is going to be the game. You know, I've all seen like Jordan's sick game, you know, where he comes back and everybody talks about it. But he was hobbled up. People were helping him off the football field. He goes to the medical tent, goes and gets the x-rays, but did not want to leave the game. He wanted to stay in there for his teammates. You remember Saturday Night Live used to have that uh, that skit with uh, Michael or with Mike Ditka? It is a full size Ditka or mini Ditka. Which one are you taking? And they'd always it's just Bears fans go, "What up, Bears?" And they'd still say like mini Ditka to win the game like ten to three. Full size Ditka like twenty seven nothing. Well, one legged Mahomes, yeah, he's still going to win a divisional round game. He's never lost. That's what Patrick Mahomes does. But what we're seeing here is something that you don't see in the NFL. A quarterback go to five straight title games. And the head coach, the Reed-Mahomes combination, the magic that he is. Now, there's a few frustrating things that we'll get into tonight. I wish they could run the ball in third and inches. I wish they could run the ball in third and one. Look, as tough and physical as their running game is, 144 yards for the Chiefs. As a matter of fact, Jags did too. There was 288 yards rushing in this game between the two. Chiefs did a much better job in the first meeting against Jaguars against the run. But still, and how about the seventh-round picks? How about the different ways that that a football team is made? It's made by the front office. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. Sure, it's mostly Mahomes. I get it. And Andy Reid. Travis Kelsey, for sure. He's, what, second all-time now in postseason receptions. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'll give you the uh, all the records the Chiefs broke today. But it, it seemingly happens every week. We spend the entirety of the uh, end of the show talking about all the records the Chiefs are beating. But you got to have a good front office. That starts from the owner on down. You know, Pioli was a hot commodity in the National Football League. They brought him in and then paid his way out. Clark Hunt did. He decides Andy Reid's the guy that was hired 10 years ago this month, 2013, coming off a miserable season where they were the first pick in the NFL draft which, by the way, we have it here in Kansas City in April. That's awesome. Miserable season. One of the most miserable seasons I've ever seen from a Kansas City sports team, if not the number one, those 2012 Chiefs. Andy Reid comes in here. He doesn't have a losing season. His worst season was 2014 when he was 9-7. He just continually wins. But you can't win unless you have a great capologist team, unless you have a great GM to go out and find gyms. Please don't complain about uh, Brett Veach's drafting because that's just simply laughable. There was three rookie corners out there in this game at a certain point going against the number one draft pick at quarterback last year. And, yes, I'd put Trevor Lawrence ahead of Justin Herbert at this point. And I, I was leading that way toward, right, towards the season, and it's Trevor Lawrence. Well, I'll still take Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert any day. But Jalen Watson – he of that 99-yard interception return for a touchdown earlier this season against the Chargers, that game-changer. And today, that one-handed interception, seventh-round pick. And then you got Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco with over 100 yards of total offense, 95 yards on the ground, six yards through the air, receiving seventh-round draft pick. You can't always go out and throw money here and there. And you know, we've talked about it before. The only four guys on this roster predated Mahomes, that's it. Two of them are specialists in Winchester and Butker. And the other two are Kelsey and Chris Jones. But you've got to do it through the draft. And you've got to get people to make an impact. Even going back to last year with Nick Bolton. He was the second leading tackler in the NFL this year. He came over and picked 58. 
Yeah, people want to complain about Orlando Brown, which, by the way, the offensive line did not give up any sacks today for the Chiefs. Not even to Chad Henney or a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. Still no sacks. But Orlando Brown trading, you know, we talked about it. If it's a GM, you have to make moves. Like Nick Bolton, number 58th overall selection, brought in the Kansas City. But the seventh-round picks for the Chiefs today. But five straight AFC Championship games. I still can't get over that. I still can't get over that. You know the fact that Reed's now tied with Tom Landry, number two all-time in postseason wins. Travis Kelsey only behind Jerry Rice in postseason catches. And then five straight AFC title games. The only team we've seen do this better is the Patriots. The only other team that's matched the Chiefs doing that is the Raiders with John Madden. And it's the Kansas City Chiefs. But yeah, I, I do agree. You know, cementing this legacy and or dynasty, which is pretty unheard of to have a dynasty in the National Football League, in 2022-2023, when everything is so equitable between the teams, it's really an amazing feat. It is a great feat by the Kansas City Chiefs to do this. It's tough. Ask the Rams how tough it was to back up their Super Bowl last year. They sucked this year. Ask the Buccaneers. They haven't done crap since they won the Super Bowl. But for the Chiefs, they just keep reloading. And you have to be more creative than anybody else. I was asked by a Buffalo station this week, what makes Andy Reid so special during the bye? What makes him so special during the bye? He's just smarter than anybody else. He's going to put a game plan together that they can't stop. He's going to put an offense together, even without Tyreek Hill, which was the big concern before the season started. Oh, number one in points per drive, number one in total offense, number one in passing yards. Yeah, Kansas City Chiefs. They didn't show it today at times with the defense, but it did finish the 11th best defense in the National Football League and number two in the NFL in sacks this year. Would have never thought that would have been a situation for the Kansas City Chiefs, but you got to do it in the front office. If you're going to continue to be the Chiefs, you got to have that hunger. You got to have that taste. It's like what Brett Veach said after the first Super Bowl. You thought it'd be icing on the cake winning a Super Bowl, but oh no, things change. You want to get back there and do it again. But sometimes I pinch myself. I'm sitting here for the fifth straight year doing an AFC Championship game post game next weekend. It possibly the Super Bowl. It is unbelievable to do that. Jay Binkley, Jed Marshall producing the operation. Jed, guess what? AFC title game next weekend for us. I had heard something about that. 530. 530 next Sunday. Oh, 530p is when we're going to be, you know, getting here. Get Well, you'll be here well be before here, I am. Good talk college uh, football, but... Uh, yeah, I really talk college football because there's so and much going on over. in the college know, football it, it, world. The transfer <laughs> portal, buddy, it, it's uh, pretty hot and heavy. But now it's time to hear from you. Let's hit the no huddle. Let's go no huddle. Edward Jolaire gets the handoff off the first hit, off the second hit, off the third hit, and into the sweet nectar of the end zone. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. Let's go to the no huddle now. Brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center's phone line, Kansas City's most trusted eye doctors, 913-586-7610. It is the same as our text line, 913-586-7610, if you have a comment. We'll hear from Josh Klingler, Chief Sideline Reporter. We'll hear from uh, the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, Pete Sweeney. And we'll get the latest on Patrick Mahomes because it's going to be all Mahomes this week. It's going to be completely Mahomes' gate this weekend. How that ankle? It's going to be ankle watch 2000. 23. Let's go to the phone lines now and talk to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? 
Hey, Bing, I could have been more proud for the Chiefs and Patrick how he gutted it out. That. How about Henny coming in there on, and taking him down on a 98-yard drive with Kelsey with a touchdown? How about Butker saving the kickoff return by uh, uh, Agony Rose? That was the play of the game, I take. Uh, and there he, you know, Andy jumped around. Uh, Harry called Harrison Butker when he made that play. And I, I agree with you, Bing. would be ankle watcher. I could be more prouder. And now let's, hopefully, let's go Bengals. Let's get that game in Arrowhead. Being the Chiefs have to go to Atlanta, let's, yeah, let's go get some revenge on the Bills. Take care, Bink. All right, take care, Dan. Good stuff there from Dan. He's very excited about the game this week. Let's go to Big T in Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Wait, we lost Big T in Shawnee. Hang on a second. But here's the thing. Five straight AFC title games. You heard the excitement there from Dan. This is the excitement for Kansas City. You got to see my cell phone. It's just blowing up from people excited about this game. Bink, a little pink behind the covers. I was chatting with Big T about different topics that oh. he wanted to talk about. That's why he was not ready to go. Oh, I'm sure fine. that he will get to it oh, now. So I, didn't and I didn't lose him. No, no, no. He, he's ready fault. to I go. I fumbled. I thought no. it was a fumble. And I'm sure he will call me an idiot. But how about the Chad Henney? We saw against Cleveland Browns, you know, making that fourth down throw at the Kansas City 48 to Tyreek Hill to kind of salt that game away for the Browns. Steal the victory away. How about Henny today? Now, keep this in mind. He went 98 yards on a touchdown drive. Patrick Mahomes went 75 yards on a hobbled leg. Last week, you watched the 49ers. They had a 75-yard touchdown drive, and they were commenting on the broadcast. Wow, what a, what an impressive drive by the 49ers. That's their first 75-yard drive all, all year. Chiefs do this every week, and they just did it with Chad Henny today going 98 yards. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee now. What's up, Big T? Hey, man, AOC Championship, gang. We're headed for it again, Bink. You're right, man. Don't wake us up from this dream. Pinch us. I mean, it's unbelievable, Bink. And no, none of you guys are idiots down there. Six ten rocks. You guys all work your asses off. So keep up the great work, man. But, Bink, that hit on our quarterback, I mean, those dirty tactics, which, and I know it's football, but people land right and run wrong, and I know stuff happens, but... That was a dirty, low-down tactic by the Jaguars. We're sending them back to the mosquito-ridden state where they need to stay. Uh, that was a true grit, gutty performance by our quarterback, and not just by him, but the whole damn team, the defense, the offensive line, uh, Travis Kelsey, the baddest mofo in the league, that guy. And then just look at Chad Henney, the backup. He comes in and a 90, 98-yard drive, Bink, the longest in Chiefs playoff history. Woo! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! We have no weaknesses. This is the best game of the year that guys played. I thought that defense was playing awesome today, Bink. I mean, even though Chris Jones did not get a, a sack, he was disruptive. That whole line was disruptive. Sugar Spagnolia. Woo, how about that guy? He had a game plan. It was rocking and rolling. Uh, we're headed for the AFC Championship game again, folks. And you know what? We're going to sit, sit back. This game is going to be played at Arrowhead because Cincinnati Bengals are going to beat the tails off, uh, off Buffalo and finish the business that got, got interrupted with everything when you know what happened. But Bink also, the special teams, they came through. I know they gave up a couple of uh, uh, kick returns. That was concerning because that, uh, that gave Jacksonville good field position in that game with uh, Jamal Agnew's. Uh, returns. He's very good returner. He was back with Detroit, but he's he's proved to be a good returner today. And Butker made a touchdown saving tackle on one of them. I just wish the Chiefs at that point, it's just time to start putting the ball in the end zone for a touchback. Do not allow them to get a big return. But that spurred the Jacksonville Jaguars. It did, Bink, and you're right, man. Way to go on the on the on the take for Butker. That was a great, great, great play by him. But you know, this is playoff football, and you know, I, I called in. Uh, 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 
us, man, was predicting 41, you know, a score like that or even 38. But it changed the game when our quarterback went out. But, man, hats off to them. That's why he's the MVP. And, you know, you got to love the grit and the guts of this team. And it just seems like we're headed for another Super Bowl, baby. So let's jump aboard the train and, 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 and let's get that uh, – Let's get that home field advantage and keep this thing rolling. And as always, let's go cheese. Go cheese! Go There you go, Big T and Shawnee. And thanks for the dressing, salad dressing, by the way, Big T. I think you brought some down to our Cinder Block beer release party, El Padron, uh, down at Cinder Block last week. By the way, thanks to everybody who came out there. It was a great event. And uh, he brought us some salad dressing down there for that. But how about Travis Kelsey? The 14 catches today, they can't stop him. I mean, there's people around the league, like former players like Richard Sherman, saying, why aren't you doubling this guy? Why aren't you stopping this guy? It's the number one weapon for the Chiefs. Yet they continue, and a lot of it's on him. He finds a way to get himself open. Canary's Tony, five catches. That was number two. Travis Kelsey had nine more catches than that. Juju, two catches. Noah Gray, one catch. Justin Watson, one catch. MBS, one catch, but it was a six-yard touchdown. I mean, it's insane what Travis Kelsey just keeps doing. And they can't stop it. His numbers, by far and away, he's the best tight end in the history of the National Football League. I mean, seven straight years of 1,000 yards? Come on now. It matches the seven straight division titles for the Chiefs. In an era with no consistency, they're consistent. And Travis Kelsey just keeps getting the job done time in and time out. But that 98-yard drive by Chad Henney, that's stuff you remember. That's the stuff and the reason that Chad Henney should never pay for a, bar in this, uh, a beer in this town again. When Chad Henney shows up to the bar, Jed, and I know you're a Michigan guy like he was, but you got to buy him a beer, right? No, I don't. The day Alex Gordon signed his big extension with the Royals, somebody bought his lunch. Sure, absolutely. Like the day that he just got him a Because drink. Alex Gordon brought a championship to this city. If you're a Michigan fan like I am, what did Chad Henney do except he play He beat the bad? Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. I'm not talking about that. Today, the 98-yard drive, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm not talking about that. The final chapter's not been written. I'm talking about what he, you mentioned, his time at Michigan. He did oh, he didn't everything to Michigan. prove that he was a poor quarterback, and therefore, uh, I've told everyone for many years uh, that Jed's he's not, not going to buy good. you a beer, Chad, but we will. We see you out there. We're buying you a beer. I, I do have, before we get to, uh, to Reggie in L.A., I did want to kind of follow up on, uh, Jay, I'm interested in your thoughts. Did you think that the hit on Mahomes was... Um, illegal or you know dirty in any way shape or form you know I, i've probably watched it 25 30 times um i mean it looks that way i mean I, it's hard to prove intent when your body's moving that fast sure in your middle of a football game and you get that adrenaline i don't know oh i don't want to accuse anybody of anything until you really know unless they come out and say it but a lot of times this stuff happens fast mm-hmm. i know that when juju got knocked out of the game earlier against Jas- jacksonville by cisco you know, he apologized to him. Hey, he hit him up on social media, I think, a DM or something. Said, hey, man, sorry about that hit earlier. Sometimes you get carried away in the heat of the moment. Now, if it was intentional, I'm sure Kansas City fans won't let him forget that uh, play. Uh, I'm sure that they'll uh, they'll notify uh, Arden Key of the problem. But it, it's hard to say. I don't want to speculate whether he meant it or not. It'd be irresponsible. It's good to Reggie in Anaheim. What's up, Reggie? Yes, sir, man. Uh, hopefully everybody's doing good. Uh, just call him just to say real quick, good game. In spite of the uh, the obvious biggest story, uh, biggest headline coming from the game, which is Patrick Mahomes' right ankle, I don't think the hit was dirty. Uh, it just sucks that out of the four playoff quarterbacks in the AFC, um, ours has to be the one to, to 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 sustain an injury like this that could potentially have uh, you know big ramifications on the playoffs moving forward. Having said that, 
Uh, I thought that Pacheco ran like a wild stallion. I thought that the uh, the defense played excellent. Uh, they didn't allow the Jags to get too much confidence, start believing in themselves. Uh, and you know, good good news is that uh, that we get another week to uh, you know talk Chiefs football in KC, and hopefully uh, Mahomes' ankle is is at least eighty to ninety percent ready to go when the Bengals come to town uh, next weekend. So. I uh, look forward to, to hearing from you guys, and I'll take my thoughts off the air. Go Chiefs. Good, good stuff there, Reggie Danaheim. Bengals, I mean, again, I, I thought the Bengals, to be honest with you, would beat the Bills. I, I really do. I don't care where the game is played. I mean, the NFL showed you that playing on the road doesn't really matter for a lot of teams. Chiefs are 27-6 and six on the road since 2019. I'll say it again. They're 27-6 and six on the road since 2019. Again, if you have Mahomes and Reed and be enemy and company, you can play on the moon. You can play on Mars. You can play in L.A., you can play in Atlanta, you can play in Buffalo. It does not matter. That stuff travels. Winning and winning is contagious and winning travels. And that's one thing about the Kansas City Chiefs that uh, it's this team chemistry. And I think it, I mentioned it last week. I mentioned it way before. It all goes back to Camp Pat. They even talked about it today. Reed did, you know, before the game. You know, it goes back to Camp Pat taking all those receivers down to Texas. You eat with them, you play video games with them, you build chemistry where no person is better than the other person. It's a humbleness that they have, and even Chad Henney reiterated that after the game. And for the fact for the team to kind of rally around Henney, I mean, you think about it. Your franchise just hobbled off the field. The franchise, the best player in the National Football League, it's going to be an MVP again this season, hobbles off the field. There's Chad Henney, backup quarterback, has a few scripted plays for him, 98 yards, boom, touchdown to Kelsey. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, people made a big deal out of Baker Mayfield, which I give him credit for that uh, with the Rams this year when he, you know, what, 98-yard drive? We've only been there a couple days. Yeah, that was impressive. But how about Henny in the playoffs when it all matters doing this? So, yes, the all eyes on the Bengals-Bills, I don't think it matters. Whether you play in Kansas City or whether you play in Atlanta, it doesn't matter. It does kind of suck, I do think, for the Cincinnati Bengals that are without their tackle and they're without Alex Zappel on that offensive line. That's two big misses for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I want the Bengals again. They've been running their mouths a ton. Like Joe Mixon, Bobby, and the top dog in the AFC. You can't talk that way unless you start winning and you have to win consistently. Like if Cincinnati goes and loses tomorrow, who cares? They lost the damn divisional round again. Like go to five straight AFC title games. Go to the Super Bowl. Actually win one, Cincinnati. Like go and actually win. The Chiefs have won a Super Bowl, two of them. They've lost two of them, but they've been the four. Cincinnati's yet to win a Super Bowl, and either is Buffalo. So before you start running your mouths, actually win something before we go forward. Do you not think that it's a little bit short-sighted to talk about, in spite of the fact that we're all Chiefs fans here and we're all Kansas Cityans, the fact that, yeah, you can talk about that they've won two Super Bowls, but that there was a 50-year gap in between them. and There's a big say, gap, Jen. For sure, but sitting and talking trash and talking down about the Bengals, to me, I don't think that that necessarily is warranted. And no, I'm not it, it trying is warranted. to. It is warranted, Jen. Based off what? The fact that they no, dominated warranted. this team? No, it's warranted. I mean, you can say what you want. I mean, it's free country. You can say whatever you want. But I'm just saying this. The Bengals and their fans, like, there's this, like, hatred with the Chiefs. Like, the Bills and sure. Bengals, they, they just hate the Chiefs. You know why? The haters will be there. Haters going to hate. And the fact the Chiefs are so damn good, people hate them. 
I don't think haters are going to hate. That's a very popular narrative that I guess anyone can no, paint. No, they do, though. It's everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. The Chiefs, you but know, I, people tired of the Chiefs and tired of the Chiefs winning. Sure. And I get it because I felt this way against the Patriots. But from a Bengals, totally from a Bengals perspective, I can completely understand why if you're 3-0 and against that team that everybody is talking about, why wouldn't you have a little bit of rub? Yeah. Again, you grab the ball. <laughs> You grab the you grab the horn you grab the bull you're gonna get the horns right I mean it's what you're, what's going and on. apparently they've taken that bull by the horns three different times and put them down well, so I I mean I guess times I I, I, I guess actions speak drop. louder than words well, I'm just saying win, win, win a title what happens in a regular season doesn't matter Chiefs lost the Bills the last two years in the regular season. It didn't but matter. The Bills aren't the ones the chirping. But you the and Chiefs, I are talking about two different things. I don't know. I think I think their fans do a lot of chirping. Let me, let me say this, Jed. I, I did a show with Buffalo this week, and they're a pretty confident, pretty confident group. 913-586-7610 is our phone number. We can, we'll also head inside that locker room as well. We come back, we'll talk to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this is the, the number one concern out of the game right now is, is the ankle injury. And the good news out of the press conferences and, and talking with Patrick is it seems like he feels better than he, he thought he might. Uh, so that's, that's the number one thing that that's good right now. Now, uh, Jay, you're a, uh, you're a football guy. You know how these things go. I imagine it's going to be a little bit more painful about 12 hours from now. Well, that adrenaline cuts off Pete that uh, ankle starts. Uh, you start feeling a little bit, you know? Yeah. 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 So I, I, I know that chiefs fans hate, this saying, but I, I do think it's going to be a day-by-day thing. I, I think he will be available, uh, but this will certainly be another two playoff games similar to what was in seasons past, you know, with that, that turf toe, you know, that, that I remember, uh, you know, stemming from the, the Browns game, uh, you know, a couple of years yeah. back, I, I think he will be impacted by this in, in some capacity for these next uh, potentially two games. And the Chad Henning legend grows, Pete. I brought, I brought this up earlier. I'm watching, so I'm watching the Niners last week, and they had a 75-yard touchdown drive. And they're like, oh, what an impressive drive. That's their longest-scoring touchdown drive of the season, 75 yards. Yeah. It's like if you watch the Chiefs, they do this every week. <laughs> they do it multiple times. But there you have Chad Henney. You speak of that turf toe game by Mahomes. Well, Cleveland, Henney on fourth down, hits Tyree Kill. Chiefs end up winning the game. 98 yards for Chad Henney coming in basically cold because Mahomes has been so damn resilient for this team. I don't think Henny should ever, ever have to buy a beer in this town again. <laughs> no, and certainly not if they end up winning these next two games. And and just the, the poise, uh, you know, you're talking about a, a seasoned veteran here, but just the idea of, man, he, he's had a couple snaps here and there. He had one against the San Francisco, one or two against the San Francisco 49ers, came in the Raiders game in, in week 18 late. Uh, that doesn't really count. I mean, you're just kind of ending the game, getting Patrick Mahomes out in, in those games. So this is someone that was cold pretty much for 18, 19 weeks, right? No real live in-game reps. You have to stay ready. There's no promise that you're ever going to get in. And he was able to excel in, in that moment. And it seemed like once he had a, a couple plays under his belt, it, it felt like, you know, just like riding a bike. And, and you could tell that, that he was comfortable. Isaiah Pacheco certainly helped in that drive. Uh, but when you're throwing to Travis Kelsey, I think that makes life a lot easier. And you see that he was able to get a touchdown. And, and you look at that moment. I put a picture up on, on my Twitter if you want to take a look at it, just how excited he was to, 
to get that touchdown and look at Travis Kelsey. And, and I know Chad Henney is a great guy. You know, we, he had that moment a few years ago where he says the only social media he's on is, is LinkedIn. But what a sweet moment to do it against the, the Jacksonville franchise as well, who, who were the, the, who was the franchise who essentially told him that he wasn't a starting quarterback years and years ago. So comes full circle. You know, life, life, life comes full circle sometimes and a, and a great moment for Chad Henney. And the Chiefs certainly needed it. Uh, this came down to one score, and that was a key part of the game. Yeah, karma does exist, and it showed up today with Chad Henney going 98 yards on on him today. So that that was impressive, certainly with with Henney again. Buy him a beer if you see him in Kansas City because he's a big part of this team. But what's it say to you, Pete? Five straight AFC title games. I mean, this is ridiculous. Madden's Raiders did this. Uh, the, what the Patriots once had eight straight uh, going to championship games. But Pete, I, I was born in '73. So I was alive yeah. during one AFC title game that was January 23rd, almost, you know, we're almost on 23rd now, it's 21st of 1994 in Buffalo. They lost that game, but you've had five straight in a league that tries to pair, whether you're playing on the road or at home against common opponents, they want you to be mediocre. They want you to be the average. It's what they strive for. Everybody spends the same amount of money, but they go five straight times, just a model of consistency. Yeah. And they do it at home. I mean, I, I note that technically speaking, there, there's a chance that this game's in Atlanta next week, but it is a home game. I mean, you were, you were the number one seed based upon how, how they decided to, to do the season. And, and I, I know that you know, certain things had to, to go your way to, to keep that streak alive. And they weren't always the one seed. They were the two seed when the Titans were able to get it. I believe that was last year. But, you know, to, to continue to get it done and, and to be in that game, it, it's not easy. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, it takes a lot of work, and it's it's very hard to be this consistent. I mean, look no further than the Los Angeles Rams, right? Yep. Who were the best team last year? They they were able to get it done in the playoffs and completely fall off here. You know, they they are questioning their future. You know, I know that Sean McVay is coming back, but he wasn't even sure if he wanted to coach this team anymore. So it just it, it can fall off so quickly in the NFL, and the fact that the Chiefs have made the playoffs. Every year but one since Andy Reid took over, and you have five straight years where you're one of the final uh, four teams, it is certainly the golden age of Chiefs football, and, and that's just something that we shouldn't forget when we, we are about to enter a week here. That's going to be really exciting in Kansas City again, this uh, idea of, of being one of the final four teams, one went away from playing another Super Bowl. It's just great time to be a, a Kansas City and great time to be a Chiefs fan. No question, Andy Reid tied with Tom Landry for second all-time in postseason victory. Sticking with the offense real quick, Pete. 14 catches for Travis Kelsey. You would think at some point they double him, but I'll be honest with you, even when they do double him, he still finds a way to get open. It, it just shows you how remarkable he is and consistent he is. I mean, he's just he's just the best ever at his position. It's not even close. It's a Grand Canyon-sized gap between him and anybody else. And then you have Kadarius Toney. You know, what an addition he's made to the team when he's healthy. He is a physical player. Not only does he have probably the best moves on the team in the open field, but he pulled out the old truck stick today too, Pete. <laughs> yeah, he, he sure did. And and it's it's one of those guys who's an, an ageless wonder. Uh, and I, I think he plays the right position for being able to have production and continue to have that. Uh, I don't think he wants to stop playing anytime soon. And you hope that the Chiefs and, and him can keep coming to agreements where he's able to play for as long as he wants. And I tend to think he wants to play for Andy Reid and with Patrick Mahomes for you know as long as possible here. And you're already, already in the conversation for the greatest tight end of all time. 
Uh, but you look at these numbers, and every year, you know, in a in a much smaller way and a smaller capacity, we're always waiting for Travis Kelsey to to fall off in a sense, right? You, you know, he's pushing 33, 34. Now the Chiefs go and draft a, a tight end in, in Noah Gray. Everyone's excited about Jody Fortson, but he, he just continues to be in a class of his own. And I, I just wonder out loud, uh, because we've always felt like, okay, you know, it's impossible for him to ever ever have the most yards of a, a tight end of all time with, with Tony. But is it? I mean, is it? Like, I, I just think we're getting to a point where that position in particular, there is an, an ageless aspect to it. And I, I wonder if he were to play another four or five years, you know, are we looking at the guy who could – somehow do this and lead career receiving yards for a, a tight end. Uh, I, I think, sure, you know, you want to have the argument about blocking and, and whatnot. I, I know that Chiefs fans will tell you that, that Travis Kelsey is a good blocker. I know that a lot of people will, will say, well, the, the Gronks and the, and the George Kittles are the world. Okay, whatever like that. But as far as an offensive weapon at, at the tight end position, I mean, it's just it's never gotten better than Travis Kelsey in history and just to continue to do it well into his 30s now. It's just been so impressive. Yeah, to be the marked man. To be the marked man. When Hill goes, well, you're the – he's always been a marked man with the Chiefs, but he completely was this year because you didn't have a number one receiver, but you kind of did because you still had Travis Kelsey. I guess the one negative on offense, Pete, these third and shorts. And I I get it that one time Noah Gray tried to do the sneak. Uh, Pacheco's a very physical runner, but these third and ones, third and inches, seem to really haunt the Chiefs. If they were able to figure that out – which they figure everything else out, but if they figured out that third and ones, this team would just be unstoppable. Yeah, it makes you wonder about the the sneak. Maybe today's not the exact day to no. right day to bring no, it up, but no. uh, you know, I, I I tend to think they they have a, a fullback on the team, and uh, you know, I know that that Andy likes to use him as a, a lead blocker more than anything else, but that I think that's an option. I think Isaiah Pacheco is a, a really hard runner. I think that's why he's your early down guy, and it's so clear that that he can do it. And I think giving the ball to him in, in spots, um, you know, I, I do think sometimes you're you're missing that aspect of a, of a bruiser type runner. But I just also wonder how often they really just line up and let Pacheco go to work in, in that in that scenario. So you know, I, I think there is a cuteness factor. I think we're, we've gotten to the point, and I mean, I tweeted it out that at the time of. The, the third and short, you know, I, I said, oh, Blake Bell's in the field. And, yeah, they didn't end up going to Blake Bell, but I think everyone in the building knew that a tight end was pushing forward there. Uh, and so they got to come up with something else. If they don't want to do the quarterback sneak, uh, they get creative in, in every other situation, but it seems like they have a go-to there that everybody knows is coming at this stage. So I'd agree with you, but we're certainly nitpicking when we well, complain about these well, completely. I'm just saying if they ever figure that out, look out, because they're going to keep moving the chains. It's only really time they're stopped. On those type of short, uh, short yardage plays, uh, we're talking to editor in chief ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, our, our Chiefs insider. How about these seventh round picks, Pete? Jalen Watson with a ridiculous mm-hmm. one handed interception. Of course, he, you know, was the star of the Chargers game, that 90 yard, 90 yard, nine yard uh, interception return. Seventh round pick out of Washington State was crucial in this game. Isaiah Pacheco with over 100 yards of total offense, seventh round pick. You're only as good as, you, as your front office. We can talk about Mahomes and Reed and all this, but unless your front office continues to deliver like the Chiefs are doing through the draft, this is the only way you win. Everybody spends the same amount of money, but when you get guys that aren't making money and their seventh-round picks to continue and contribute, Chiefs had three rookie corners out there at a the point. Yeah, and I think it's even an extension of, of just the idea of the guys that are still on rookie contracts, right? Um, you know, the, the rookies have been impressive, but you also have – Bolton and Gay 
on their rookie contracts. You have Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith uh, on their rookie contracts. You now have starting cornerbacks that you feel really good good about and and multiple, right? Because they they were rotating Williams and Watson. They've gone kind of back and forth in that. It's been more uh, Jalen Watson, you know, as of late. But I, I still think they feel really good about. Williams, and then, you know, we haven't really been seeing anything on Nazi Johnson, but they decided to trade Rashad Fenton instead of risking that. Uh, so you know that they like him as well. And then you look at George Karloftis and what he was able to do at the end of the season, a little bit quieter today, but I, I tend to think he is somebody that is going to be a, a very important player for the Chiefs in 23. And I still wouldn't write him off for the AFC title game and what he might mean in a potential Super Bowl for, the, for this team. And so, yeah, I, I think when you're paying your quarterback, when you're deciding, okay, we're going to pay a defensive tackle and Chris Jones and you have to make other decisions. Like you go and get a Joe Tooney and you know, you're paying premiums and, and trying to get guys like Justin Reed here. Uh, you have to hit on some of these guys that basically cost you nothing. And that's such a, an important wrinkle in developing a, a franchise and a potential dynasty franchise, right? Like we're in a, in a position right now. And uh, I think Peter Schrager said this well on, on good morning football the other day where the Chiefs are so close to, to being a dynasty. We talked about it, five AFC title games in a row. If they're able to get another Super Bowl here, yeah. you're talking about five AFC title games in a row, two championships. That's a dynasty. Uh, and you don't do that unless you're nailing some of these guys that, that don't cost anything. No, quick, hang on one second, Pete. Players only. Thursday nights at 6 with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber on 610 Sports Radio. KCSB Kansas City. WDAF HD2 Liberty. Always live on the Odyssey app. Sorry about that, Pete. You know how it is. Rules are rules. <laughs> rules are rules. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to break any rules. Yeah, no, that, already, that's something a, I, yeah. I don't like doing. I already have a dumb button. Uh, seven seconds. Okay. So, uh, but last question for you, Pete. And I got a yeah. bone to pick with you a little bit. Uh, for oh, years, no. nah, a little bit. For years, guys have made fun of me because of my uh, tendency to wear shorts, unless it's uh, minus or yeah. At least ten degrees colder, because you know what? You want takes ten seconds to walk in the building. You're in a warm building all day. What's it really matter, right? So you tweet yep. out today, Pete. Leo Chanel going no sleeves. He warms up in thirty eight <laughs> degree weather. All right. First of all, Pete, that's a tweet you should save when it's like zero degrees or five degrees right. or negative forty wind chill. Pete, it was thirty eight damn degrees, man. Hey, you know what? He was the only guy. Wearing those sleeves and, and shorts, and so it was like a heat wave I, I out there. It. Yeah, but it was there was some there were some big old snowflakes before the game. It didn't I mean, stick, it, it wasn't it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't comfortable, and so yeah, you had uh, Leo Chanel uh, out there warming up, and uh, really just showing the guns off. So yeah, I figured, <laughs> sun's out, guns out. That's right. Why don't I I pass that word along to to the wonderful Chiefs fans that follow me. No, I just thought it was funny when I saw that. I was like, it's 38, Pete. We're not talking about like five degree weather, 10 degree weather. I was like, Pete, I do in, know. I do know that you're a you're a big shorts guy. Big you know, shorts. If it is short and hoodie. If it is any any degree over 32, right? I mean, you're you're wearing yeah. you're wearing shorts. You dress for the job you want, Pete. He's been in shorts and t-shirt the entire day. Where we've been in the exact same building, and I've been wearing my North Face coat, hooded sweatshirt, stocking cap, and. Uh, Long pants the entire day. So, you know, I mean, people go about it different ways. Maybe I'm more yeah, of a skill a position product. player. Maybe Bink is more uh, of one of the big uglies on the line. In fairness, I did bring a hoodie. Okay. All right. The hoodie, the hoodie shorts combo is one of the more comfortable 100%. combinations that you can wear. So I don't, I don't blame you for that at all. No. Well, Pete, I know your dad has texted me. He's got a great spread out there in New York. He's watching this <laughs> game. He watched a Chiefs, a Chiefs fan, a Giants fan. Uh, it is not going so well for him and his party. 
No, his uh, his dream of of a Chiefs Giants tilt in in yeah. Arizona, I think, is coming to a an end here, unfortunately, for for Big Pete. No question about it, Pete. Once again, we're talking uh, next week after an AFC title game. This is like what we do. This is tradition. So we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, talk to you next week. I'll uh, You did it again. No, he didn't, didn't get no, it all the way. No, he said, was... smell you later. He did. You could barely hear it. You, you did a great job of fading it down, though, because you knew that's where he was going. Well, all we really got was, all right, next week I'll talk. Yeah. I'll sm- yeah, yeah, you're right. But that's what. That's, but he could have said, uh, maybe I'll smart talk with you later. Did you notice he didn't do that this year when they lost? Like, I will say that. Like, Pete's no one, not in the fun and games mood when they lose. No. He takes it too seriously. Pete's a professional. He is a professional. Well, I use that term loosely. But. Well, I mean, you and I are both professionals to a certain extent. Again, use that term loosely. I mean, we are profession. We professionally are employed <laughs> for right. the time being. That's right. That's right. And we have a seven second delay as well. Anyway, we'll take a time out here on Arrowhead Pride post game show. 913-586-7610 is our phone number. I'll get to your phone calls. Plus, we'll hear from Chief Sideline Reporter Josh Klingler next. Kansas City Chiefs advance AFC title game once again, 27-20 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jay Binkley, Jed Marshall producing the operation. We'll hear from Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs here in a few minutes. Let's take a couple phone calls go real quick to Neil in Lone Jack on the Silverstein Ice Center's phone line. What's up, Neil? Hey, Jay, man. Um, just got home a little while ago, so I actually haven't watched the game yet. But uh, So I don't really have an opinion about the – the hit on Patrick, uh, I'll get an opinion about that tomorrow. I do have an opinion about Chad Henney, and I love him. I think he's uh, a cult hero in this town. I will buy him a beer if I ever see him. I'll be glad to. That's the deal, man. You see um, Henny, buy his food, buy him a beer, and I know he makes millions of dollars. But you know what? He's still – think about what he's done to this team, what he's done to this I, town. I, Hell, we don't even I'll care about potholes anymore. I, I will say this. Uh, I agree with Jed. He's not really a good quarterback, obviously. He's a career backup for a reason. Well, both, um, of, you guys, is, both of you guys shouldn't is, really talk. He's a true professional, and he comes in, and he does what he's supposed to do in the backup role, and he is a cult hero, and I will buy him a beer and buy him dinner anytime I ever see him. I'm buying some restaurant week dinner. I don't really care right now. It's just amazing. <laughs> it is. It, it, restaurant week over. It never ceases to amaze the, the miraculous team that we have in this glorious time it is to be a Chiefs fan. Hey, Giants just scored. God bless them. Hey, you um, know, yeah, I, Giants finally scored. We needed that. God bless Big Pete and God bless my father. My father was born in the Bronx. My father is a Giants fan and uh, rest his soul. He's happy at the moment that they scored a touchdown. He's sad that they're going to lose this game, but. Um, congratulations to Travis. Congratulations to Andy. It, it seems like it never stopped. Every week I call in the postgame show and I have to congratulate somebody for another record. It's just amazing. For Travis to do what he's done is just unbelievable. To tie Jerry Rice, the greatest receiver in the history of the world, and now Travis, the greatest tight end in the history of the world. His second all-time in receptions and postseason receptions. It, it's unbelievable. It's it's unbelievable. Oh, um, as much as it pains me to say it, let's go Bengals, and uh, I'll, we'll talk to you next week, man, after we're on our way to Arizona. All right, Neil, take care. Thanks for the phone call. Real quick, let's go to Gino. What's up, Gino? Good, 
Did they always call her just say, God bless Big T? I, I I think in the midst of it, he might have. He's a he's okay, big, well, big, big T fan. They were at the uh, center block uh, deal. Uh, both of them, we'll both of them we'll, fine, uh, fine Chiefs fans. Both of them great. Yeah. Well, God bless Big T. I think he was right when he was talking about the, the hit being intentional. I just saw it. They replayed it again a few minutes ago on, on TV. But uh, the reason I called um, was – to say that this was a very strange game. You know, we've all seen a lot of playoff games recently, and uh, it's great to see the Chiefs climb the ladder in in terms of uh, uh, achievements that, that are difficult to match a lifetime, you know, with their record and Big Red's record and Patrick's record and everything. But this was a strange game in this regard. First of all, I was just completely panic-stricken when he got hurt, and I'm concerned going forward. But it seemed like the defense knew – if they didn't play well, we weren't going to win. And I don't know, it just felt like that they all figured that they had to win the game, and it was a different mindset. Maybe I'm just imagining that. No, everybody's going to step up their game. When the franchise gets hurt, they have to step up the game. You know, the the players, you got to catch those passes. You can't be turning the football over because you can't give Jacksonville any kind of advantage. And you got to play great defense. You know, it's one of those things. It's like it's, it's one of those magical things where – you got to step up your game. This is what pro teams do. This is what professionals do. You stand up with your teammates and you try to raise the elevation of their play. When your franchise, which is a good look, when he's trying to beg to get back in the game, that's good stuff. But right now, let's go back to the Silverstein Ice Center phone line and talk to the sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, also co-host the Fesco in the morning every day here, 558 to 10 a.m., Josh Klingler, who's uh, probably got the uh, ear, well, I don't know if he puts wax in his ears or earbuds. How do you do it, Kling? On the field, you mean? Yeah. Do you, what do you do to keep the noise? Because it was pretty damn loud today. No, I, I enjoy it. But, yeah, I have to turn my – sometimes I turn – there's only been a couple games this year. I'm, I'm trying to think of the first one. There was one right before kickoff where I had the headphones all the way up and I couldn't hear – I could not hear Mitch send it to me. Um, <laughs> and today there was a couple of those instances, too, where you're cranking it up all the way just to hear just to hear Mitch and Dayton on the call. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was nice and loud today, though. That was, that was fun. Hey, Friday I wanted – uh, I wanted a uh, maybe a little prettier game um, rather than just a W. Like, give me a little style points. Didn't quite get that today, but and they're going to have to play a whole lot better next week, whoever they get. But, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, if Patrick Mahomes, you know, is healthy uh, in this game, I think it might be a different story. If they turn get those early turnovers, they drop some interceptions, especially early on in the game. I thought they had a chance to turn this one quickly. And, again, credit Jacksonville. They continue to be a pest. They will stay around and stay around and stay around. Uh, so it wasn't uh, wasn't the pretty uh, win that I wanted, but a win's a win nonetheless. You know, I loved it was, a, you know, I don't know, like the Eagles are tonight where you kind of left the game going, yeah. wow, um, this this is looking great. Um, you know, I, I'm guessing whoever wins tomorrow will likely be the uh, the favorite next weekend. And then, We'll uh, we'll all be on you know Patrick ankle watch all week. Chiefs get to be in a different role. You know, people are going to be talking about the Bengals or the Bills, and the Chiefs are going to yep. play this underdog chip on their shoulder role, which they do well. And if it is the Bills, both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen combined fourteen and zero in domes, so they have that going for them. But the Bengals left tackle Jonah Williams, the right guard Alex Kappa, out uh, for the game tomorrow. That could affect the Cincinnati Bengals. How would you compare the noise today, Josh, to other uh, home games? Uh, really good today. I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence amped that up, right? Oh, yeah. So 
everybody was kind of juiced from the uh, from the jump. Now, admittedly, when they when they cut it to uh, to real close in the what the the beginning of the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter, it got really quiet. Like, uh oh, <laughs> kind of one of those moments. But uh, certainly when the uh, the the Jags were on offense, the crowd was really into it. In fact, I talked to, to Jalen Watson after the game, and he said, "Yeah, the noise kind of screwed up my." Uh, calls a few times we had some communication issues on defense even because it was so loud today so a uh, great job by the fans I think Trevor Lawrence helped to amp it up uh, just a bit but also you know I think uh, a lot of people probably went to the stadium today thinking this could be the only home playoff game and so um, you kind of had to kind of had to make it count because we just don't know what's going to happen next week yet and it's a shame if you because uh, uh, everybody's uh, got this Waffle House fear now because Trevor Lawrence likes it he went there last week after beating the Chargers, and that's there's a million of them on the way to Atlanta, Josh. If you're getting your car and you're going to Atlanta, you got to probably stop and eat a Waffle House somewhere. It's just and, one of those yeah, yeah, and I, they're they're really they're really satisfying. Um, I, I, I try to I, I try to make a, a stop stop by on the way back from the airport uh, recently up north. So yeah, that's my yeah, Waffle I don't, House I don't, up there, man. That's my, that's I don't my have home a, Waffle I don't house. have a problem I don't have a problem uh, getting some some good uh, some good grease. How quiet was it when Mahomes got hurt? Uh, pretty quiet, yeah. Uh, I think once everybody kind of realized it, and then yeah, the, and then the watch was on, and what a, what an interesting dynamic that became because he was really um, lobbying to stay in, and then wanted to get it taped right away, and there really wasn't time to get him taped without missing a play. And then when he when they forced him to go to the locker room, he was really really hot because it took a while to get to that point too, and he was really lobbying the coaching staff and the medical people hard. To uh, to stay and and not go back to the locker room and so and then he then he ran and sidled up to Coach Reed right when he got back on the field and they obviously left Chad Henney out there to to finish out the not only the the uh, series but the half um, probably the right call just make sure he's okay came back out of halftime warmed up and seemingly was okay um, I saw him in the, in the in the locker room after the game without any you know any tape didn't look like there was a ton of swelling just yet but I'm sure that's going to change. And, uh, you know, didn't have a walking boot or anything like that on. So I guess the reports are he's going to have an MRI tomorrow. But, you know, he was he was in good spirits after the game, you know, bouncing around the locker room with his teammates and, again, had no sign of immediate treatment. But I'm guessing he probably, uh, you know, once he, he greeted his, his, his friends and family after the game, probably went straight to treatment. And then we'll see how the, the week develops because it's going to be a big storyline. He was definitely impacted by it today. There's no doubt about it. So um, that's those are can be a long uh, healing injury, and he may be feeling a whole lot worse tomorrow. Yeah, and the Bengals and Bills will be paying attention to uh, the ankle story, the uh, most popular ankle in Kansas City history. Adam Schefter just tweeted out uh, Mahomes' owner going to MRI on Sunday to gain further clarity on the ankle injury. Um, but the x-rays, initial x-rays on Mahomes per source were negative in that situation. But, yeah, everybody's going to be paying attention to it. So the Bills and Bengals. I mean, it changes the complexity of the game. I like the fact that everybody kind of raised their level of play. Um, the defense, you know, it, at times, yeah, they did yield the running game, 144 yards from the Jags, even the Chiefs had 144 yards themselves. But then everybody stepped up, and especially guys like Adarius Tony Kling. Now, you were down there, and you probably saw the hitting, but he used the truck. He had truck stick today, the Madden truck stick. He ran over a Jaguars defender, and he's got great moves, but it, five catches. Kelsey, 14, but he had five. But I'm telling you, he has really fit into this offense. Yeah, he's tough to bring down because he, he 
seemingly hits that initial that initial pile where you think he's done, and then somehow he's squirting down towards the end zone again. I'm kind of similar to that play, you know, the, the, the snow globe play that that went for the touchdown. I mean, he had to, you know, it wasn't just a walk into the end zone, right? And then the next play where they got him the ball again and he eventually scored. I mean, he's really tough to bring down, I think, especially in the red zone. He really likes to kind of attack the contact and get himself um, into into the end zone, almost did on that play that you had mentioned there. But, yeah, he uh, need different guys stepping up. Uh, MBS kind of disappeared for a while, yet there he is for a touchdown reception. Uh, Juju had a kind of long spell without being impactful. And he kind of came uh, to fruition. It's nice to have 87, though, isn't it? And, and the other tight ends also jumping in and, and getting involved today, too, was – was big. Patrick Mahomes is not himself. Obviously, in the second half, um, the 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 ability to push off and and really the ability to scramble. I think there were a couple of plays there where you you really could notice like mm, he normally yeah. would take off and get himself out of trouble in that particular instance and just couldn't do it today. So hopefully that's something he can get back in a week's time. It's who and what he is. Did you notice anything on the sidelines, Josh? It looked like he was standing up most of the time. Yeah, you know, trying to keep it keep it warm, keep it loose. Did yeah, you- he. He yeah. barely sat down at all yeah. after that happened the entire game. And usually he's sitting down with the coaching staff and they're kind of going over stuff in between series and they sit on the bench kind of staying off his feet. But no, he was he was making sure he was up and trying to stay as loose as possible uh, on that foot. So yeah, he, he was up pretty much the entire time. I think he only sat down briefly one time and then I think got antsy and, and got right back up. But he was trying to keep the, the blood flowing and that, that ankle moving as best he could without it, you know, obviously you know, locking up if he stayed off it for a while. Kling, uh, if if the Chiefs, all, all you've done since you've been sideline reporters, cover AFC title games, would this be what your third Super Bowl if they win next week? Is that right? Um, second is the sideline reporter. Second sideline, okay. But went to the went to the. I was in the in the stadium for the Miami okay. game. Okay, yeah. so second. So well, let's knock on wood on that one. So you are certainly a good luck charm. But can you believe five in a row, uh, Kling? You know how bad things used to be here. I mean, when I first started, you know, at six ten, it was bad stuff. I mean, it was bad news. The Royals were bad. The Chiefs were bad. And all of a sudden, they both won a title. I mean, five straight AFC title games. I never thought we'd see it. I mean, he had that one in 94 against the Bills in January. Long, long time ago. But five straight. I mean, it's hard to fathom what they're doing. Like, we almost take it for granted. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's crazy still to think Patrick Mahomes hasn't played a road game in the postseason. I mean, it's not only getting to the AFC championship games, but getting to all these games, you know, essentially at home and, um, you know, next week still has a chance to be at home, as we all know, and and if not, won't be a true road game. So he'll have yet to play a, a true road playoff game. I mean, that's just that's just bizarre. And so, yeah, making a home in the the AFC Championship game is has been great. And yeah, you shouldn't take it for granted because it's it just doesn't happen. I know that uh, Chad Henney's been to six in a row now. So he had that one with the Jags. I know that they were giving him a hard time. Uh, Dana interviewed him after the game, and and. Uh, he said, you know, congratulations again to five straight AFC championship games. And Mahomes in the background going, and he's been to six in a row. So um, it's uh, it's quite a feat for this team to be kind of living up residence in this thing. And I hope for one, I, I don't really care about the matchup at this point. I don't care who it is. I I, I just want to play at home. I just want them to play uh, in a, a home stadium. So I guess I'm rooting for the Bengals tomorrow. But they're very good on the road, twenty-seven and six since two thousand and nineteen sure. on the road. I mean, they really yeah, they're good. The, yeah, it won't be it won't be easier either way. But I I just don't want to play a I don't want to play a neutral site game. I'd rather this one be at Arrowhead. Kling, I'll leave you with this: Should Chad Henney ever have to buy a beer in this town ever again? No, and he uh, you know everybody trying to force him into retirement. Like, oh, I wonder if this is the no, he just 
go as long as you want. I mean, he's earned it, man. Uh, comes up with a huge 98-yard drive. I mean, give me a break. No, he's sh- he's uh, he should have really elite status in this town forever for his uh, multiple playoff heroics. Now uh, he really should. And if you see Chad Henney, you know, go up and shake his hand. You know, pat him on the back. Say, nice work, man. Nice work. Thanks to the Chiefs fan. But Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs, and all he does is win while covering the Chiefs. And, of course, good stuff today on 106.5 The Wolf with Dana Hughes and Mitch Holtus on the broadcast and Dan Israel. And what you guys uh, did for the Chiefs broadcast today, Kling will be back at 5.58 in the morning on uh, Monday to talk about, well, this game. We'll be listening, Kling. Thanks, Mick. All right, man. Take care. Have a good rest of the weekend. Josh Klingler right there. Man, it's been gravy for Kling, hasn't it? I mean, just gravy. All he does is cover AFC title games. That's what's what that's what happens. Like you put Clay in that role, and this is this is the stuff you get, Jen. This is exactly the stuff you get. Anyway, we'll take a time and we come back. Touchdown, Kansas City, the voice of Mitch Holtus. Your phone calls plus we'll head into the locker room next. And welcome back to the AP Postgame Show. I'm Jay Binkley with Jed Marshall producing the operation. Chiefs 27-20. Oh, yeah, they're in the AFC title game for five straight seasons. But as we do each and every week, we go back and recap the game with the voice of Mitch Holtis. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Hartman waits for a block, and he gets the 15-10, explodes, dies, the Jets has landed the plane. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown Kansas City. That's right, Touchdown Kansas City with the voice of the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. Well, the game starts off pretty simply. Is once again, hmm, Mahomes and Kelsey. When have you heard that? Mahomes will be under center this time. And he's got McKinnon as his running back right behind him. A trio of three tight ends to the right of Mahomes. They'll roll that way. Off reverse action. They find Kelsey inside the five and lunges into the end zone. Trots in touchdown. Kansas City. Mahomes to Kelsey for the 12th time in the postseason. That ties for second most in National Football League history on a quarterback to pass catcher. Duo teaming up for six as the Chiefs score on their first drive of the game. Yeah, that duo has been incredible for the Chiefs. Eight-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes uh, to Travis Kelsey, culminating a 12-play, 83-yard drive. Took six minutes off the clock. That was with 7.56 left in the first quarter. Harrison Butker's extra point. Good, so that put the Chiefs up 7 to nothing. But, oh, man, those pesky uh, Jags would come right back and tie this game up. Luke Fortner, rookie out of Kentucky, is hovering over the football. Trevor Lawrence will be in the shotgun. In second down and nine at the Kansas City 10. Christian Kirk lined up in the backfield. They got him on a swing route on a wheel route right side, and he's got it over the shoulder. Touchdown. Chiefs got caught with George Karloftis covering a wide receiver. A 10-yard touchdown, and Doug Peterson with a sneaky move putting his best wide receiver in the backfield as a running back. Yeah, that really was a good move from the Jags. Christian Kirk, uh, the big offseason addition for the Jags, the number one receiver. His second postseason touchdown, they hit him in the backfield. The five-play, 39-yard drive, 252 off the clock, tying the game up at seven. But I, th- I think Juju's going to get some Christian Kirk-type money next year. They're the same age. They played almost the same amount of games. I can see that happening. But Christian Kirk was in the backfield. They drew 
Karloff is the defensive end to cover him. So, yes, it was a sneaky play there uh, by Doug Peterson. Great play call, to be honest with you, getting that in. But that was all the first quarter scoring. 7-7 to was the game time now. And tell uh, Harrison Butker. I know people have been worried about Butker. But a couple 50-yard tries. Here's the first one. Butker in the postseason of his career. 15 of 18 is long, 52 yards. Spinning kick. That is good. And the Chiefs get three points out of the drive, and they will attend to Mahomes. 14-09 in the second quarter. Harrison Butker's 50-yard field goal, 11-play, 43-yard drive. For the Chiefs, making the score 10-7. But oh no, Jed, it is time for the Tully touchdown of the game. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. So raise, raise a glass this week's Tully touchdown with Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Enter one, Chad Henney. And Chad Henney will be in the shotgun here. With second down and goal to go at the one. 10-7 Kansas City. Four minutes to go in the second quarter. McKinnon coming on sprint action. Now they throw it near side. Kelsey's got it. Touchdown! Kansas City sprinting inside the near front pylon. And Chad Henney leads a 98-yard Chiefs touchdown drive. I mean, it was unbelievable. That's certainly worthy of our totally touchdown of the game. Travis Kelsey, a second touchdown of the game. But how about Chad Henney? He comes into the game cold. 12 plays, 98 yards. 6.05 off the clock it took. Putting the score at 17-7 is crucially important because Mahomes is hurt. The team had to rally around Chad Henney. Oh, he just goes 98 yards. And again, I brought it up earlier. The 49ers had a 75-yard drive. Everybody's that favorite team, the 49ers, right? Getting all that love, even though the Chiefs put 44 on them in San Francisco, but they still get the national love. Haven't... 75-yard drive is the longest they've had all season. And there goes Henny, 23 yards longer than that one. For sure. Having the 49ers won 11 straight games and, what, four or five of them with their third-string quarterback? But here's the thing, though. No, I'm just asking a question. Well, they might put Jimmy G back in, which would be stupid. But I guess he could be ready, but you can't do that. Because I remember Rich Gannon and Gerback conversation. Gannon was 5-1 and one, and they ended up going Gerback in that postseason game. But regardless, Chad Henny again. He should never have to buy a beer in this town again. So that made the score 17 to 7. The Jags, though, would get the final points of the half. So this is going to be a 41-yard attempt by Riley Patterson. He missed two against the Chiefs on November the 13th. He only missed five all year, but he's got this one. And the Jaguars get within seven points. 27 seconds to go, second quarter. So that made the score 17 to 10 going into halftime. There's 11 play, 52-yard drive, taking 327 off the clock by Jacksonville. So that's your halftime score. Then the only points, and I mean the only points of the third quarter, came from somebody 50 yards out again. Townsend will hold. Winchester will snap it, trying to put the Chiefs up two scores. Placement is down. Butker's kick is up, and he has got it! His second 50-yard field goal of this game. And the Kansas City Chiefs lead 20-10 to 10 with eight seconds to go in the third quarter. And the screen Big time to Kelsey to get those little eight or nine yards to make that happen. Butker was big time in this game today. He also made a really a touchdown saving tackle on Agnew. You know, as a returner, you get tackled by the kicker. I mean, yeah, you'd like to see maybe a little more gusto on him, getting some touchbacks, those things. But hey, how about his 50 yard kicks? Two of them, plus a uh, touchdown saving tackle as well. All right, so we're moving on the fourth quarter. It's 20 to 10, Kansas City, a 10 point lead going into the fourth quarter. But the Jags would make this game a little bit closer. Double tight for the Jaguars. Etienne, the running back, under center, Trevor Lawrence. Three eligible to the left. 
They're going to run it. ETN trying to break to the outside. And he is into the end zone touchdown. Getting off the hit in a four-yard TD run by the Jags. And Travis ETN low to the ground and with that quickness. And the Jags are back within four pending the PAT. ETN over 1,000 yards rushing this year. College teammate at Clemson with the quarterback of the Jags, Trevor Lawrence. But this was an impressive drive by the Jags. Seven plays, 75 yards, only taking 319 off the clock. Tightening this game up at 20-7. to But then Mahomes, of course, who did play the second half. He's on one wheel. This is stuff of legend. Officially at the six-yard line, 10th play of the drive, 20-17 to Chiefs, 7.22 to go in the game. Mahomes, again, that right ankle is the one that's bothering him. That's in front of the left, feet staggered. McKinnon sprints in motion to the near flat. Mahomes now steps up in the pocket, throws late, wide open, back of the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City, Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a six-yard touchdown. That was 10 plays, 75 yards, by the way, taking 441 off the clock. You see what I'm saying? This is what the Chiefs do. It didn't matter if it's the two-yard line, ten-yard line, whatever. They're going again, 75 yards there by Mahomes. Crucial touchdown there to MVS, making the score 27 to 17. The Jags uh, would have the final points with 25 uh, seconds remaining. They elected the field goal than the onside kick instead of vice versa, which is probably the right thing to do. Well, it was the right thing to do. With the final score, 27 to 20, Kansas City Chiefs in this game. And Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for Jags, he did fire the fans up by talking about it just being just as loud in Jacksonville. And I always had a problem with this because here's the thing, Trevor, and I know you've been in this league a relatively short time. Jacksonville is so bad, they have to tarp off the upper deck at times. Now, they're not doing as much this year, but in previous years, they've had to put a tarp up there. Why? Because nobody wants to go to their damn games because they suck. Not only that, but they have to play a game in London every year. Why? Because fans weren't showing up. So, yes, they're Johnny-come-lately fans in Jacksonville. And I get it. That's the only fans you know. And you got to pander to your home crowd. So, I get that, Trevor Lawrence. But uh, he got his uh, ears full today at Arrowhead Stadium. For sure. How many Chiefs fans were out at Arrowhead Stadium when they were 2-14 and 14 before Andy Reid They all were? I mean, it was still... Oh, they, they were... Because when 100%. I took my buddy from Seattle, who'd never been to a football game, and we got into a 20,000-seat-filled stadium. Well, they yeah. bought banners, and they flew, and they showed their uh, they showed their discomfort in other sure. ways as fans. But for the most part, the Chiefs have had some very average seasons. Or whatever. They still fill it. It's always it's still it's, like crazy loud. Chiefs fans are so – like even the Buffalo fans, fans like so much more loyal. Packers fans, you name it, Cowboys, more loyal than Jacksonville. Like they, these are Johnny-come-lately fans, like in Cincinnati and in Jacksonville. I think that – New money fans. Well, there are a bunch of different factors. For instance, Florida is more of a transplant state. The fact that Jacksonville also is one of the more recent expansion teams, I know that it goes back to the 90s. But to me, I just think that what Kansas City needs to do is not get so full of themselves. What they need to do is appreciate where they've come from to a certain extent and to be able to look at different fan bases and things like that and remember the not-too-distant future. Recognize right now that everything is great, that you have the best quarterback on the planet, the guy who's going to win his second MVP, the prohibitive favorite to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I'm not saying not to acknowledge any of those things. I think but we, I, think I do think that straight, you, can, you can start peacocking a little bit, Jed. These other fan I, you, bases you can, are but So it, let me ask you a question, though, Bink, because you and I generally have good conversations. What this did everyone – 
because you're going to actually admit that I'm correct. <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> well, except for when you do. But so what did you say about the Patriots when they were on their run? Were they annoying or were they, did you just have to sit and love no, it? Or was it that. because I, it was Boston? I'm going to agree with you on this one. They were annoying because they're winning everything. Like the Celtics are winning. The Bruins had won. They kept winning in Foxborough. The uh, Patriots kept winning. Yeah, I got tired of that town. How has it been different than what has Not happened here that, in my Kansas City? My wife was from there. Well, that's I, I can't help you with that. That's family, buddy. And they all like to let me know about it, too. It's very annoying. Again, I can't help you with that. That's family. You but have I have to... a more personal experience with it because I had to hear from them. Sure, but I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm sure that was the only reason. Totally why. But as a reasonable, unbiased sports fan, the fact that it's your city winning everything, there's no problem. I think it's great. I think it's great. Right, for the because it's because, your city. Because well, it is our city. Yeah, exactly. So I can understand the angst from other cities. But that's a good, this is a good thing to have. This is a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. J- Jed, you're a Jayhawk. It's a good thing to have when sure. know, teams are rushing the court by beating the Jayhawks. You know, you're sitting there going, what are they doing? And that's a it's different a ranked team. A hundred percent. That's a different conversation yeah. for a different day. But I ultimately, you know me just as well as anybody. How many times have I mentioned and what I try not to be is an arrogant Jayhawk fan. I try not to take for granted what is going on with the success of the university that I was fortunate enough to go to, you know, to me, that's where whatever people sit and want to try and take shots at different squads and do different things. It completely belittles what you're doing. But I also don't think that you need to be so arrogant and so uppity that you, you can't recognize and appreciate what's happening. And I, I feel like that, because of the success that the Chiefs have had over the past few years that a lot of people are just kind of glossing over and not recognizing different things that are happening around the NFL. I think it's great. I think you stick your chest out a little bit because you are the hated team, and being hated is good. As I mentioned, the Jayhawks. I mean, there's times where a team is ranked, you know, 15 and below or whatever. They'll still charge the court because they beat Kansas. When people beat the Chiefs, they want to throw a parade. Look at the Raiders a couple years ago. They did a victory lap. Then they came in there and stomped on the logo thinking they're cool. And then they cry about the Chiefs doing a ring around the Rosie play. Who cares? I mean, you get what you get. And don't throw a fit. That's the way with Kansas City. If you're the hated team, that's good. If people hate you, they're jealous of you. And being jealous of a team that just continues to win. I saw some angst from Buffalo Bills fans today. Tired of the Chiefs because they keep getting to the AFC title game. Sure. Well, knock them out then. Knock them out. Bengals did find a way to do it last year. Bills just can't do it. But yet, as we talked about earlier in the show, you wanted to discredit what the Bengals had done. No, I, I respect what they've done, and I thought they were uh, disrespected before the season started for a team that made the Super Bowl. But you know what? They backed it up. And I'll give them credit for a team that just backs it up. Because like the Rams, <laughs> they peed down their leg all year. You know, the Bucs haven't been the same since that Super Bowl run. And people thought they were going to just continue to do it. A little dynasty building with Tom Brady. Once he they, wins they that were one, they're pretty keep... injury-prone this season. Yeah. Everybody has to deal with injuries. You get a quarterback today on one leg, still getting the job done for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a timeout. Our phone number, 913-586-7610. We'll hear from you, and we'll head inside the Chiefs locker room next. Earn their fifth straight trip to the AFC title game. I could probably go for some of that Andy's custard, Jed, to be honest with you. I know it's cold, but I like ice cream in the cold. Like a nice cold beer in the snow. It's like, it's like nature's cooler, you know? You spread out there in the snow, but it's not snowing very much. There's no snow that's stuck, was it? I mean, I haven't been outside in a while, but I would just assume. 
Because you have your stocking cap on indoors. I, I mean, God forbid I open the mic because I'm such a hater. <laughs> you are a hater, Jed. Uh, let's go to the phone lines and talk to Pam. What's up, Pam? Hey, hello, Bank. How you doing? Hi, Pam. The Chiefs are AFC championship bound. Start getting used to that sound, right? Oh, heck yeah. I've got a question. It seems like I remember there was a taunting penalty against the Chiefs. And I'm trying to figure out, it, it had to do with the interception, I think. In this game? Um, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. They, it's unsportsmanlike conduct. You can't do it twice. You get kicked out. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, the play. It was uh, who was that on? It was on them. Um, I think it was on Watson. It might have been on Jalen. You know, there was a couple Chiefs there for that. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, you get warned. You can't do it the second time. But uh, I don't. I thought those offici- the officiating in this game was fine. Chiefs only had three penalties in this game. Like the officiating is not even worth talking about. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not asking. I'm not suggesting that it was a bad officiating game. I'm just asking. I, I don't if, remember if exactly. I, yeah, I don't. I, it was. Yeah, it was a defensive back. I do believe. I can't ultimately recall who it was. Because I was listening with a friend of mine on the phone, and he couldn't hear it, and I couldn't hear it very well, and that's why I was. I called in to ask you to see if I was right, wrong, or what. Not 100% sure um, on that, Pam, so I can't really tell you. Okay. I have to go back through you the know uh, game I'm a, notes. You know I'm a cheese nut. I know you are, Pam, and I appreciate the phone call, but no, I don't exactly remember who that was. Do you remember that, Jed? I mean, I know the play, but I just can't remember who, which particular player it was, and I won't say the wrong thing. just don't want to say the wrong thing at all. Well, it's time to hear from, uh, obviously, uh, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs because he talks about Patrick Mahomes. He talks about the ankle and what to expect and just the emotions of this game. Player Sound uh, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the head coach and the second winningest, well, he's tied with Tom Landry, but as the second winningest coach in NFL postseason history. Really injuries, uh, Pat, obviously. Um, tweaked his ankle. Um, Legereus Sneed hurt his nose. Uh, Pat was able to he came in, got x-rays, everything done, and then was able to come back in. Um, and then Legereus did the same thing. He, he was able to make sure the thing was set and in a good position and came back in. So all in all, heck of a game. We appreciate the fans, and uh, they, were, they were incredible. Um, I thought both sides of the ball uh, and special teams did a nice job tonight. Um, Special teams was against one of the best teams in the in the league, special teams-wise, Pro, Pro Bowl um, returner. And uh, that last point was a beautiful thing. Bucker, uh, I very seldom start with special teams, but Bucker um, kicked the ball well, and he also tackled well. So that was, that was a big tackle. And then um, offensively, I, I thought the – you know, the guys, I thought the whole group played well. It was great to see Chad come in um, uh, in that backup role. And I thought everybody kind of stepped their game up and and uh, had so much confidence in Chad. And um, he, he executed. But I thought everybody around him did a nice job, too. And then 
Pacheco with uh, the 95 yards or whatever he, he had there. I thought he did a tremendous job running the ball. Um, Kendrick, likewise, he he did a nice job too. So, and then uh, Kelsey. Every time I stand up here, I feel like he breaks another record. So he broke some record, and then he also had 98 yards and two TDs, and did a great job there. Defensively, listen, my hat goes off to the defense. Uh, you can't move forward in the NFL playoffs uh, if your defense doesn't play well. And I thought from the DBs to the defensive line to the linebackers. I thought everybody was flying around making plays and uh, I just uh, again my hat goes off to the guys for that. Um, they were incredible on third downs for second downs. And just, you know, just played a great a great game all the way around. My hat goes off to Spags and EB and Tobe for the jobs that they did and the coaches. Um, I, you know, I wanted to mention Tony in the mix there too. I thought he he had some nice plays for us, being a, kind of the new kid on the block. He he had some nice plays. Our young DBs uh, again stepping up. Watson with the the interception. Um, I mean, what what a great job. The two turnovers were obviously huge uh, for us, and um, again, great team win. So that time's yours. Can you take us into the decision to put Pat back in the game? Was that a difficult decision, or was there a decision at all at that point? Well, it was hard getting him out of the game, first of all. Uh, he wanted to fight, and so um, it, it, we got him out, went to the x-ray, got, got it x-rayed, looked at, taped. Uh, he came back, and he said he felt good enough to be protected, you know, where, where he's not going to uh, get hurt. Uh, that's obviously the primary thing. Um, and he felt like his mobility was good enough where he could do that. So um, we did a few little things with him on the sideline to see where he was at, put him in, and it was a short leash. Uh, so if I felt like he was, wasn't able to handle it, he would have been out and back in Henny. So. Do you feel like that affected him in any way in the second half of the injury? Um, uh, it didn't look like it, but uh, I thought he did, did a pretty good job. Your early, early indication here, how much do you think it can make him yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I don't want to jump to things right now, but we'll, let's just see how it goes here the next couple days. I mean, it's going to be sore, I know. But let's see where he's at. He's had this before, and uh, he was able to keep pushing through. Actually, against Jacksonville, whenever a couple years ago, the same same type of deal. So he pushed through that. Um, the main thing is, is that he's safe. I mean, that's that's uh, or as safe as you can be on a football field. So. Um, you know, that's the, that's the important thing. Andy, what's your stop most about the, the drive? They, they cut it to three. You guys get a touchdown after I'm having a hard time placing that drive right right now with the, the other. Yeah. Yeah, so well, that was one to answer Adam's question about mobility. I mean, he did a, did a nice job on that, having to move around and make that throw. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, there were so many good, there were good plays within the mix there of everything that was going on. I've, I'm blending all the plays, but that's what. Yeah. Also, when you first put Patrick back in the game, there's a third down play for the screen. So I wondered if you guys had any instructions for him not to do that, and if you sort of learned he's just going to have to play the Yeah, that kind of told me he was okay. He was thinking he was okay, but yeah. I didn't want him to do that. No, I didn't want him to do that, but I didn't tell him, you know. 
Not that we can't tell somebody that. If they can't do that, then they got to get out, get out of the games. How, how hard is it for Chad to come in at the two-yard line and do what he did? Yeah. And how, how, vital, how vital was that to the overall result? The best thing about that, Vahe, was everybody trusted Chad. That's the best part. That's the way he handles himself. And the confidence the guys have in him. I thought they all stepped up. The O-line did a nice job. Chad, well, first of all, Chad did a nice job of getting the ball out on time. And, and the O-line did a nice job. The run game, Pacheco had the long run. Um, it was beautiful. Uh, they blitzed on it, and he kind of got bumped back and kept going like he does. And uh, put together a nice run, nice drive on the whole, the whole thing. But... Chad, uh, you know the guys. The guys love Chad, and they they play for him. So it was a it was a great deal. Along those lines, things were vital. I mean, Patrick obviously depends a lot on Travis. On a day like this, where Patrick's got some you know other challenges, how how much do you think that was just paramount to making this making this a win? Yeah. You know, everybody contributed. Uh, Marquez, I mean, we had all the, we had a few plays for Marquez, and they, they did a good job rolling the coverage that direction, and, and he didn't hang his head. He just kept battling and battling and battling, and, and ends up with a big touchdown for us. Um, but you could say that about Juju. Juju went through the game, comes up with a huge catch on the sideline there, and Pat had a tremendous amount of trust in him uh, to throw the back shoulder throw. Kind of take us into that conversation where it didn't really look like he wanted to go back and get the X-ray for you know families to hear. What, what was that conversation like? We know he's competitive, but you have 51 percent of the total. It'd be like me trying to ask you not to ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's a tough kid, and so he wanted to be in there. He wanted to be competing, and uh, and that's, you know, uh, it's a tribute to, to him and his competitiveness. However, um, it, you know, you got to make sure he's okay, physically okay, where he can protect himself. And if, if he can't, then he can't play. You, I mean, you have to go with the next guy. But he, he's a tough nut, and he's very <laughs> – when I tell you he's competitive, he's very, very competitive. Last one by Andy, I feel like I should know this, but I don't. Who, who was next man up at quarterback if, uh, if that uh, knockout punch came to Chad? Yeah, we've got a couple guys there that have played quarterback in college. Number one's one of them. So, um, you know, he would have been probably number one up. <laughs> That's right. Jerry McKinnon would have been the guy. Betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday night starting at 7, 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty. Always live on the Odyssey app. Yeah, Jerry McKinnon, the former high school quarterback, of course, quarterback at uh, Georgia Southern as well, the emergency quarterback for the Chiefs. Would have been a lot of fun. Uh, time. Well, I guess it would have been fun to see somebody else get hurt, but uh, seeing McKinnon play. And I like when they do trick plays and have McKinnon back there because McKinnon has been the man for the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, Went back and looked. At, it was Brian Cook, and he was a defensive back with the unsportsmanlike. But uh, I wrote down uh, Brian Cook. I assume that's right because I heard enough uh, from you on the text line. Also, my man Jason Katz texting in about that, so I must have had it jotted down right. But, uh, yeah, so everybody's going to be watching the ankle. And, by the way, Jed, I think that the, the awkward media laughs, you know, when jokes are told. If you're a stand-up comedian, wouldn't you want that media there with you? Because they will laugh at everything. They will. And now they would wholeheartedly laugh. Having a recent brother-in-law who is a uh, stand-up comedian, yeah, I think he would appreciate what uh, the media might. But your might... brother-in-law is funny. I, th- I like to think so. 
Yeah, he's he's good. I mean, it's got to be a tough gig being a stand-up comedian. Got to be incredibly tough. But Patrick Mahomes' knee, or excuse me, his ankle will be the subject in Kansas City this week. Going to be talking. How's Mahomes look? It's going to affect the betting line in this game. I'm sure the Bengals, Bills, or Bengals, who whichever team wins, they'll be concentrating because it does change the game plan for the Kansas City Chiefs. And not only that, it kind of hampers what the Chiefs do. And Mahomes scrambling and picking up those first downs because he did it even today uh, with the ankle bothering him. Still did it, but man. He came up hobbling from that. We'll go back inside that locker room. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the uh, quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, after the game. I obviously didn't want to go back and see it. Uh, I didn't want to go get the x-rays or whatever it was. I wanted just to continue to play. Um, I told him I would do it at halftime. Um, but uh, Coach, I mean, in the best interest of me, uh, just made he made me go back there and, and get that x-ray before he put me back in the game. And for a while, I thought I could get a, get and play through it. And then he said, I'm not putting you back in, so you might as well go get the x-ray. And then if it's, if it's negative or whatever, I'll put you back in. So I ran back there, got the x-ray, and was able to play, uh, finish the game. How are you feeling now? after the game's over, and how's the ankle feeling now? I was just talking to him. It feels better. I mean, it feels better better than I thought it was going to be now. Um, Obviously, I have a lot of adrenaline going right now, so we'll see how it feels. But uh, I'll hop right into treatment tonight and uh, try to do whatever I can to be uh, as close to 100% uh, by next week. But luckily for us, we played the early game on Saturday, so we get an extra almost half a day that I can let that ankle rest. After knowing you you didn't want to come out, what did you make of the job Chad did? I mean, it's special, man. He's in the playoffs um you don't get he doesn't get any reps during the week um and he prepares himself to be able to go in for stuff like that and then uh he got 98 yard drive backed up uh, a playoff game against a great opponent and uh, be able to drive the ball down the field make some big throws versus some pressure looks i mean they brought some heat whenever he came in the game um and he made some big throws and was able to get us into the end zone and that was a a big point in the game because it was able to that gave me the ability to kind of come back and rest and wait till halftime until we kind of retaped and did everything we could to get me ready to go in the second half. What else was included in everything we could to get you going in terms of treatment? What, how else did you? Yeah, I mean, no real treatment. You don't have time to get treatment and stuff like that. But, I mean, you just put the spat on, uh, get it tight, uh, try to keep the swelling down, um, and then go out there and play. And they made me do a couple things in the locker room to show that I could move and protect myself if we, if, if everything kind of uh, came, came, pressure came, whatever it was. And, I mean, credit to the team. The offensive line did a great job in that second half of protecting me. I got the ball in my hands quickly, and guys made plays. Um, but it's a team sport for a reason, and guys stepped up around me. How do you work with your footwork? Obviously, you had to do some things different. Yeah, you just got to be a competitor at the end of the day. I mean, not all, all things are going to be perfect. Um, you have to find a way to make stuff happen. Obviously, I missed some throws. Uh, I probably think I could have made if I would have been in the right, the right foot position. But um, luckily for me, I'm not in the right foot position all the time, so I'm able to make some throws like that anyways. How much do you feel like the injury affected you in the second half after you came back to there was a couple throws here and there where I tried to plant off that foot and it didn't let me kind of plant like I usually do. And so uh, a couple throws I didn't make, uh, I, I, t- I told Coach I want to still throw it downfield. And so we were able to make some throws there after the first few drives. And I think he got a little confidence that I could protect myself. Um, and so uh, credit to our defense, man, holding us in that game, uh, especially uh, after the start of that second half when I wasn't able to get stuff going. So they held us in that game, made some big plays at the end, um, and we were able to score enough points to win. Yeah. 
Yeah, very, I mean, pretty nervous moments, man. I mean, I just I always pray whenever stuff like that uh, comes around, man. And just it's all in God's hands at the end of the day. And I just have to accept whatever it is and, and turn it into a positive. And so uh, luckily for me, he, he blessed me to keep me injury free um, as far as breaks or anything like that. Um, and so now how can I prepare my body uh, to be ready to go next week? And uh, I'll, I'll do I'll start that tonight. And uh, that process will be uh, tough, but I'll be ready to go. Today when you were getting the x-rays. Oh, no, they, they don't they don't ever show the TV. Man, I, I've been back there uh, another the, the, the divisional round. Whenever the Brown, the Browns, the Browns game when Chad was playing, I didn't get to see like any of that until like the last drive. And so they, they they do a good job of not having the TVs going in there, so that I can't I have to focus on myself and get myself better more than focusing on the game. Actually, Travis, Travis had 14 receptions, two touchdowns. What do you think of his day? Yeah, man, it's, it's another guy just steps up, man. It seems like he gets better and better uh, in the playoffs as you get further and further in there. Um, and you need those type of guys. And uh, uh, he did a great job of making some tough contested catches. Um, and uh, he's special, man. He's, he's a special player, uh, one-of-a-kind player. Um, that's a, uh, one of the main reasons that we've been able to be in this position so many times. What's it like being the last, the last driver that uh, Rico scored a touchdown? They cut it to three. <clears throat> take that drive, and obviously you went down on that uh, touchdown. Yeah, no, it was it was a good job by everybody. I think everybody had a part in that drive. Everybody was making plays, um, and that's that's what championship teams do. Is that whenever stuff's not going their way uh, and it gets, the game gets tight, how do you how are you going to respond? And I went down. I kind of jumped and landed on the same ankle, but I had to find a way to, to get the ball in the end zone. And Marquez was there, and I needed to make the throw, um, and he stepped up, and made a big play there at the end of the, at the end of the game to win it. Last two, Neil and Bob. Seventy-five thousand people thought this was going to be an easy game. What was it like being in a tight game with your situation with your ankle? And with knowing your, your, your season's on the line. Yeah, I mean, I'm, first, I never think any playoff game is going to be easy. I mean, teams are here for a reason. Um, and even if they are surprised, in a sense, or whatever it is, uh, they're here for a reason. They have the confidence that it's going to be a great game. If you look at Wild Card Weekend, or really the playoffs in general the last few years, every game seems like it's a one-score game. Um, and so uh, we, we came with the mentality that we were going to have to play to the very end. And obviously, we had a, some adversity through there with some injuries and, and stuff like that. But I was proud of the, how the guys responded and were able to figure out a way to get the win. Last one, it's probably hard to separate, but how much do you feel like your urgency to get back in was, I got to play, and how much as a signal to your teammates, like, you know, galvanize them? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously you want to play. I mean, you just want to play because you, you've, you've built that time from St. Joe. You've spent this time with your teammates and built up for this moment, and so you don't want to let guys down or whatever it is. You want to be in the game and be able to go out there and, and show off what you've worked for. But uh, I don't think it really was anything for the team because the team has so much belief in Chad, and he's done it before. He's won divisional games uh, by coming in and, and playing. Um, and so they had so much belief in Chad, and you saw in that 98-yard drive. Um, it, 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 he ran the offense the way the offense is supposed to be ran. He threw it to the right guys, and guys stepped up and made plays. Um, and so uh, that's what a great team does. It's not about one guy. It's about the whole team. It's Patrick Mahomes after the game, and the legend just keeps growing. Howie Long mentioned it uh, when I flipped it over there watching Fox there afterwards. I wanted to hear what people were saying about this game, and the legend grows. I mean, when you play hurt, when you play sick, and you still win, and you're already regarded as one of the best players in the game, it just elevates your status even more. And the fact that no other quarterback can claim this at all. Five straight years as a starter, five straight title games. Yeah, Chad Henney has played in six straight because he was with the Jags that year before, but Mahomes played more football than any other player in the National Football League. When you go all the way as far as he's doing every single year, but to be in five straight AFC title games, your first five years of your career, come on, man, that stuff, that stuff just shouldn't happen in professional sports. He's that good, uh, that consistent, and um, 
and people had to get used to him because he didn't hit his prime. Because Steve Young didn't get really good until he was in his 30s. A lot of quarterbacks turn that corner, process all the information. Relatively few ways you can defend him because he's going to find a way. He does find a way. Whether it's underhanded pass, flip passes, left-handed throws, it doesn't matter. Just keeps doing the job done. Add a guy that will play hurt uh, tonight when you talk about one Patrick Mahomes. Let's go back inside that locker room. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. And here from uh, Chiefs color analyst Dean and Hughes, talking to Chad Henney. And again, if you see Chad Henney out at a bar in Kansas City, well, I don't know if he drinks or not, but if he does, get him a beer. If he doesn't, get him a Coke, get him whatever. Coffee doesn't matter. Buy his dinner or whatever. Because Chad Henney will be remembered in this town for not only what he did in his Cleveland, that fourth and one to Tyree Kill, but also tonight on a 98-yard drive for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, thanks, Brad. So we're hearing anything's possible, anytime. I mean, how big is it that in 15 years in this NFL, like you still are able to get out there with limited reps or with no ones and just look as comfortable as you looked this evening? I think it just all goes back to your hard work. I mean, you always prepare like you're a starter. Um, obviously, I established my role a long time ago as a backup, but I never took it for granted. Always out there after practice trying to work with the guys, throw the ball, and obviously having, you know, passed with me, you know, learning some nuances of the offense too has is, is, is been unbelievable. And you guys, I mean, I'll go back to that 98-yard drive. I mean, it seemed like there wasn't any kind of chaos. You guys were as relaxed as if Patrick was in, in the huddle. Is there something about your presence? Do you try to keep it light in there? Or, uh, like, what are you doing that keeps these guys kind of on pace? Yeah, just try to keep an even keel, you know. Just uh, don't let my emotions show. Uh, just say the play. Go up to it. Just like you're in practice and even in practice when I'm on the scout team try to make my mic calls make protection calls and just sit in the pocket and go back to the fundamentals that uh, I developed over the years well, we knew this was a resilient group your team but also the Jaguars what did you think about your defense I felt like this is one of the more complimentary games offense defense special teams picking each other up like this is a true team victory absolutely I think everybody stepped up in the right situations I mean our defense got us the ball back got a pick at the end of the game uh, got us the ball back there and obviously special teams changing the field position, Harrison making the field goals. I mean, like you said, overall, what a, what a wonderful uh, team effort. And last, congratulations on making it to another AFC championship. I mean, how big is that? This is five straight for this organization. No, it's been great. I mean, uh, you know, I was with Jacksonville, so this is six for me, but you don't take it for granted. I mean, you never know when your opportunities are going to come, but, you know, I know we're excited to get back out there, and whoever we play, we'll be ready to go. All right, congratulations. Thank you. And Chad Henney, unbelievable stuff, but you got to be ready to go. If you're the backup quarterback on this team, you have to be ready to go regardless. Of course, everybody was nervous about Patrick, what's going to happen with him, but as the backup quarterback, take team 98 yards and get a touchdown. It's great stuff, Chad. It's great stuff. Not for your Wolverines, but uh, in the NFL today. It's about today, Chad, what happened today. But it's the way the NFL is. You can pay your first quarterback, and you just have to have a second quarterback that's good with the game plans, good behind the scenes. Chad Henney will probably make a great coach someday, to be quite honest with you. He'll totally make a great coach. And I don't see why why he wouldn't. But uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, again, a record-breaking night for the Chiefs. Most consecutive conference championship appearances. Chiefs with five straight, starting in 2018. The Raiders, they're tied with the Raiders from Oakland when John Madden was the coach, 73-77. to 77. Only the New England Patriots have more when they went to eight straight between 2011 and 2018. I mean, this is... It, what you're seeing now just doesn't happen in the National Football League. 
Um, 10th postseason uh, win for the Eagles and the Chiefs for Andy Reid. Um, he's number two all time. He's tied with the, with the legendary Tom Landry. Only Bill Belichick has more postseason wins than Andy Reid does. It's The records continue to flow. He's, of course, he's fifth all time in regular season wins, but postseason wins. The list goes Bill Belichick, Tom Landry, and Andy Reid tied, then Don Shula, then Joe Gibbs. It's pretty good stuff right there. Coaches to reach four consecutive conference championship games. Um, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, John Madden. I mean, the list just continues. And Travis Kelsey, it's unbelievable, too. Most games played postseason career, Travis Kelsey sitting up there at number one um, for the Kansas City Chiefs and what he's done. Uh, most touchdown passes postseason. Patrick Mahomes now 10th all-time in touchdown passes in the postseason. Most games with 100-yard passer rating postseason. Patrick Mahomes tied for six now with Drew Brees and Troy Aikman. And, well, then there's Travis Kelsey, who uh, caught uh, 14 a season, well, a season high. He didn't have uh, 14 catches all season. But in two touchdowns, but his 14 receptions set a new postseason single-game franchise record for the Chiefs, eclipsing his own record of 13. He now owns five of the top six single-game postseason performance in terms of receptions. It goes Travis Kelsey versus Jacksonville, Travis Kelsey versus Buffalo last year, Tyreek Hill versus Buffalo in 2022, Travis Kelsey versus Houston, Travis Kelsey at Tampa Bay, Travis Kelsey versus Cincinnati. NFL record book for most uh, receptions in a postseason game. Darren Sproles had 15 one time, New Orleans uh, against San Francisco. Uh, Travis Kelsey sits there at number three because James White from New England had 14 as well. Uh, NFL record book for most pass receptions postseason in the career. The list is Jerry Rice, 151, Travis Kelsey. Julian Edelman, Gronk, Reggie White. So there's Jerry Rice, the only guy who's caught more passes in the postseason than Travis Kelsey is one of the greatest football players, if not top three football players of all time, Jerry Rice. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff he's doing, Jed. I mean, we keep watching it in amazement, in wonderment. He just continues to do this every single time. But every week, I feel like we're looking at these Chiefs record books. These Chiefs records come out each and every week, and you never know what you're going to get. Well, Creed Humphrey on the offensive line talks about this game as well with Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Chiefs. And, of course, co-host of Fesco in the Morning. All post-game audio brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Creed with Kling. You got to prepare for anything these days, right? In the in the, in the postseason, you probably heard the the stadium have that kind of collective quiet when you see uh, Patrick Mahomes go down. Yeah. But discuss the the change, and then obviously um, the job Chan Henney does to come in there, and that's you know that next guy up mentality. Yeah, you know that's a testament to just you know how this organization has put together players and brought players in. That you know if someone goes down, you know we have depth and we can get after it. So. Uh, you know, Chad did a great job stepping in, you know, led a 98-yard uh, touchdown scoring drive. He did a heck of a job for us. So uh, it was awesome to see. Uh, you know, obviously, hopefully Pat's okay. You know, he looks like he's fine uh, walking around. He's pretty excited right now. So, uh, but, yeah, it was uh, just a great job by Chad, just coming in, stepping up, and uh, being ready for any moment. And he did it. did a great job with it today. It is a little different, though, right, when, when Patrick's not as mobile as normal. Do you have to make any kind of adjustment? At the end of the day, it really just comes down to executing your block. Uh, you know, you got to be able to block a guy by any means. So, uh, you know, we don't really think about it too much of him, you know, being able to be mobile. We don't want to have him trying to run around all 
all over the pocket anyways. You know, we were able to set up a pocket for him where he can sit in anyway. So, uh, you know, that's just our job. That's what we're trying to do out there every time. Uh, we knew this one could be tough. Playoff games are, are incredibly tough. What did this one in your eyes kind of come down to? Yeah, just execution and, uh, you know, just being able to uh, face adversity and keep getting after that whenever we see adversity. And I think we did a good job of that today. Uh, had a few great drives uh, in the game off. So it was, it was good. It was good to see, and uh, just proud of the guys, man. Really excited for us. Can you discuss the defensive side of things? They've been kind of picking up momentum in terms of turnovers, and those are so huge, especially come postseason time. Yeah, huge, and they did a great job tonight. You know, they got we got a ton of talented players over there, so seeing them play like that, you know, getting those turnovers like that, things like that, the sacks, it's been awesome to see, you know. And we feed off that as an offense, so uh, it's definitely been awesome to see, and they've been doing a great job. What would you think of that playoff crowd today? It was awesome, man. I haven't heard Arrowhead like that in a while, man. It was awesome, so it was – I mean, it's it's different, man. Uh, there's just not really a stadium like it. So it's whenever they're loud like that, you know, that helps us out and we get pumped up. It's just awesome to hear. On to next week. Yes, sir. Can't wait. All right, Creed, congratulations <laughs> on the win. Thank you. All right, Brad, that's Creed Humphrey. Back to you. There you go, Kling, right there with Creed Humphrey. By the way, I mentioned Travis Kelsey and the receptions only behind Jerry Rice. Uh, he's tied with Gronk for the most yardage ever in postseason history. Gronk, Kelsey, then Dallas Clark, Keith Jackson, Shannon Sharp. It's unbelievable what he's doing. Uh, thank you, Jed Marshall, for producing the operation yet again tonight as we're in our first postseason game. Been a long season so far, but it's gone relatively quick, to be honest with you. Thanks to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Chiefs and also co-host Fesco in the morning. Thanks to editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, for joining us as well. And as always, thanks for listening. Next week we'll be here and we'll either be talking about the Chiefs and Bengals at Arrowhead or the Chiefs and Bills in Atlanta, where, by the way, Mahomes is 8-0 in Dome. So, don't think it matters where they play. Again, they're 27-6 on the road since 2019. Good night, everybody. Have a good rest of the weekend.